0: This is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello kittens, welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your T-Lo, Tom Fitzgerald, and I'm here with the low in your T-Lo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm fine, and we're also here with Tab, so we're Tom Lorenzo and Tab today, because he's always- Tab is our
0: gigantic- Blonde 20 pound cat <laughs> without a thought in his head, but he loves being right by our side, so he sits in on all of our recordings. Yeah, Hopefully, he won't knock any microphones over. I know, but he's so
1: sweet. He's yes. been doing that uh, lately. Yeah. Anyway, because he loves us.
0: Okay, so we have a pod of topics today, a bunch of things uh, on the cultural landscape in the zeitgeist at the moment that tend to uh, overlap with our areas of, I wouldn't say expertise so much as uh, <laughs> our areas of opinion. Of
1: gossipies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not gossip.
1: <laughs> no, but yeah, I don't know. Um, so how?
0: What, what should we start with? Should we start with Ariana DeBose?
1: Yes, why not?
0: All right, so, um, Ariana DeBose, last year's Best Supporting Actress winner for, uh, Oscar winner for, um, West Side Story, um, she did a musical number at the BAFTAs this year, the BAFTAs was just this week, which is the British Academy of Film and Television Awards, um, and it instantly went viral. She instantly turned into a meme. And and we should unpack a little bit of this as we talk about it. The Baptists this year were unusually uh, controversial. There was a lot of backlash for a lot of the decisions that were made in the production of the show. In fact, one British actor, Phil Davis, resigned. Mm-hmm. Did you read about that? Yeah, yeah, very yeah, pu- Posted a very public letter and... Um, not happy It that. wasn't about the Ariana DeBose thing. It was more he felt that the show was not honoring its awardees as much as it was trying to put on this razzle-dazzle show, which um, I can't claim to be... We've covered The Baptist for over a decade, but we covered the red carpet... I don't know that I've watched the ceremony from beginning to end all that much. No, um, I don't. I've watched yeah. some of it, but I can't say that I have a feel for it in terms of, like, I can tell you the difference between the Golden Globes and the Oscars and, you know, the Met Gala and, all, you know, all that stuff. But
1: the, the thing is, nobody does it the way Hollywood does, including the red carpet. My, my, my point, point, yeah. 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 I, I, I think there's...
0: seemingly the BAFTA has an Im- a self-image of itself as right. not being that shallow and razzled out. I, after all, Prince William and, and Princess... Exactly. Uh, Catherine are in the audience so there is a sense that the show is supposed to be a little bit more um, subdued Please. yeah <laughs> so Ariana DeBose and uh, believe me this uh, this one actor who he did not mention her at all so I don't believe that uh, people are resigning ba- the uh, you know their BAFTA membership because of Ariana DeBose it was more of an overall sense that the show had gone too glitzy and um, there's also a dual uh, problem is that all of the winners this year were white uh, across the board. There weren't no winners of color. And that's really mm, bad. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but I'm not going to get into that because um, criticizing in other countries, you know, that's, you know, I'll, I'll stick to my criticism. I'll I'll stick to the Americans because there's plenty to criticize there. So anyway, Ariana DeBose gives this rap. She comes, she comes out to a song, uh, a medley of um, sisters are doing it for themselves and we are family. Right. And uh, then she leads into a rap where she names all of the actress nominees by name in this rap. And it's campy as shit. It's pure theater kid nonsense. And it's right up there with hundred other things I've seen on American award shows, embarrassing musical numbers that I have seen on award shows, especially, um, especially the Oscars.
1: My God, there's yeah, a ton it, of them. It
0: was a very Oscars. Yeah. They were trying number. to do that kind of, and, you know, but that doesn't number. explain why Americans reacted so poor. I mean, it wasn't just the British uh, Twitter exploded. It became a meme instantly. And every American entertainment outlet has been writing about it nonstop ever since. So, Everybody reacted to it. And when we wrote about uh, her the other day appearing on the Graham Norton show that we noted that, you know, she's kind of getting the same backlash that Anne Hathaway got when she hosted the Oscars and just spewed all of this theater kid energy all over the screen. And um, the movies aren't Broadway. And sometimes when someone gets their Broadway ass Mm -hmm. all over a stage in front of a movie crowd, it doesn't necessarily play all that well. There's two different worlds there. Um, And just like the theater world doesn't like, uh, you know, people being too, I don't know, shallow or attention seeking, the Film world does not like that sort of earnestness that comes with the other right. kid energy. Go ahead. I
1: think if you compare the red carpet, let's start with the red carpet, the uh, BAFTA uh, red carpet, the Oscar. I mean, you can see the difference. Uh, the the can uh, you really? I yes. Uh, okay, tell me. British actors are more uptight overall everywhere. Um, yes, fair. But I mean, see, you can see how they have American actors. I know, there. but you can see well because they're invited and then they bring the American. You know song and dance type of thing. Um, but they, they tend to be a little more, I don't know, reserved and I don't know. Anyway, it's a different attitude. You can tell on the red carpet. And, um, I don't think the thing with her performance is, is first of all, here's the thing that I always find interesting with these things is that they have 40 people around them making decisions. These things are decided way ahead of time. They have meetings and meetings and meetings about it. Um, but nobody's, nobody will point out and say, you know, nobody will say, well, this I think this sucks. Can we just drop this? It, it's never going to happen.
0: All right. Let's talk about the number yeah, and our own reaction. Yeah, let me just say. Okay, go ahead. It's
1: it, it never going to happen. So people have these incredible ideas and they think they're going to be incredible out of their heads. And they're not. And they suck. Um, I think there's so many wrong things with the whole thing. Uh, first of all, yeah, we, we can talk about it. But I, I don't think... I think it didn't succeed. That I mean, that's the short version. I think I think they and
0: I honestly think that's why she's embarrassed. Yes. Ariana Debose, uh, we didn't get to this part. She deactivated her Twitter account because there was just so much mm-hmm. memification and the and the video went so viral. And I I do think, I mean, the conversation's turning, especially since she's been quiet for days now about it. Um, and now people are saying, you know, sh- it it was an appreciation of this camp moment. and mm-hmm. there's some of that to it, but yeah, people were being mean because people can be very, very well, mean about this sort of theater kid energy. And I take your point, I couldn't really sit through it. It wasn't good.
1: I thought it was embarrassing, uh, but here's the thing. um i I don't think they had camp as their intent i mean i well, don't that's the thing with no, camp that's no, susan
0: sontag's definition of of camp is that it's not the intent no, of the I, author I, no
1: it wasn't the intent and i i think they they you know people are always saying well they're all writing these pieces about how how camp it is yeah it's camp because people think that it it, it was it's funny um but i think they 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 were taking the whole thing seriously and um and and I understand they were trying to pay an homage here to all these women, you know, and, and all these actors. Angela
0: Bassett did the thing.
1: Yeah, but, then he, but the lyrics were horrible. They were so um, bad. They were really, really bad. And, and the way she sang was absolutely horrible. She has the most amazing voice. I mean, we know that. Um, She's got an okay voice. Yeah, She's really she, a dancer. Yeah, but but she, she has that Broadway voice. That's what I mean. By Fine. amazing. You know, it it's it's professional. That's what I that's my point. I'll take amazing back. It's very professional, very polished for for the theater, for the uh, you know, for the for, for the stage. But anyway, and um and it just in the beginning, she, it it's so forced. I mean, if you watch the video again in the beginning, her voice is so like so loud and so like screaming and and it's just not it. It if you watch the whole thing, my when I watched the first thing, the whole thing, my first reaction was like, this is this is not her. First, it doesn't sound like her. It doesn't sound like her as as you know, Ariana Bose. I, I don't know. I it felt like she was trying to play somebody else or be somebody else. And I understand all the homage and and you know playing you know homage to all the, those women and and that you know women who don't get a lot of recognition. Blah blah blah. And and then Beth blah blah blah,
0: the, blah women blah blah
1: blah. Now my point. Now my point is that oh this the score and and this course and blah, blah 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 how women blah, And then they give it. That's my point. They give it to all the white people. Right. You know. Uh, and um. So yeah. Um, and I think all the actors, actresses, uh, they were caught off guard. You can tell that they they were not expecting it.
0: Some of them were enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, if Viola Davis was and Michelle, uh, you right? Know, uh, I mean, but he- some of them were like, oh, okay, and then you can tell they didn't know how to react or. Some actually react very badly, I think. I mean, some of them... Looked like they were embarrassed. Yeah, some of them were like, um, you know, you could crack a smile here, you know, just to help Ariana here. But it, the whole thing was just really, really bad. And, uh, and here's the thing now. With social media, people react immediately. Uh, you know, these things got a reaction immediately. Right. So as you're watching, you go on Twitter and they're already talking about it. And it just didn't go well but you know what does go well? Yes.
0: Always goes well. My Bombas Socks. Winter is better with Bombas. They make thoughtfully designed clothes that make you feel cozy at home, supported during outdoor activities, and good, knowing that for every item you purchase, they donate another to someone in need. I believe I have spoken ad nauseum on this podcast about how much I love my my Bombas Socks, but I do, and every time I'm talking about my Bombas Socks, I'm wearing my Bombas Socks because I literally don't have any other socks. No, you don't. There are my Bombas Gym Socks and my... My Bombas casual socks, and my Bombas dress socks, and my Bombas uh, merino wool socks. I mean, my holiday socks.
1: Yes, I know. My
0: ankle socks. I fold them. I know, and you do a beautiful <laughs> job, honey.
1: You also fold
0: your Bombas socks. You are not lacking in that department either. Anyway. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number 1, 2, and 3 most requested items in homeless shelters. That's why for every comfy item you purchase, Bombas donates another comfy item to someone experiencing homelessness. Every item is a seamless tagless every item is seamless, tagless, and luxuriously soft. Bombas are the clothes you'll want to cozy up in all winter long. They use the softest materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy wintertime layers. Are you a winter jogger, a skier, or snowboarder, Bombas makes temperature-regulating clothing so you can feel more comfortable doing what you love most. Their slippers are soft on the outside and even softer on the inside, thanks to materials like fuzzy Sherpa. So... Go to Bombas.com slash T-L-O and use code T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O and use code T-L-O at checkout. Thank you, Bombas. All right, returning to the Ariana DeBose thing, because we are not done with that. You made a really, really good point. As I said, we compared it to, um, I would compare it to the Anne Hathaway uh, Oscars performance where Mm. she just spewed all of her her energy all over the stage and there was a backlash at the time um people have a problem with that sort of earnestness in that sort of setting um they want their broadway on broadway and they they don't want it at the oscars or the Baptism, evidently but you made a really good point before we flipped on the mics about the independent spirit awards i think it was last year or the year before it's a 2020 oh my goodness it was two years three years ago um when go
1: ahead um it, i i actually just watched it and i was like tears running down my face because it was so funny uh during the independent uh, spirits awards in 2020 um the gay men's uh, choir of los angeles uh and the special performance by alex noel um he was in um glee right if i he, i'm sorry not he they they were in glee um anyway uh did this incredible performance uh on stage um and where the thing was that the gayest moments in film uh, so they sang about the movies, about the actors performing and everything. And they ended up the whole thing spending like five minutes on Laura Dern, which was freaking hilarious. Where they hilarious. just kept singing her name. Laura Dern, and, and they kept saying, Laura Dern ordering a K salad, you know, a right. K- Kale salad. So all that stuff. Um, and, you know, Laura Dern dressed like a slutty in court. So they were mentioning all these moments of Laura Dern. Uh, and just ended the whole thing with Laura Dern, Laura Dern, Laura Dern. And it was so unexpected and, and funny. funny and funny. And of course they rehearsed and the whole thing was done, you know, to perfection and it, it worked. It worked. I mean, cause usually these things don't work for me. I'm always like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But, This particular moment was incredible. Uh, And that wasn't the case with with Ariana, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: I I do feel bad for her. I hope she can um, embrace the fact that she created an inadvertently camp moment. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that she was terrible or anything like that. But uh, people just ran with it because it was, yeah, it was campy. It wasn't, as you noted, it just wasn't. Good. If it was some incredible performance, I think people wouldn't really feel this way. But mm. she was giving it her all for the goofiest damn rap you ever saw in your life. I- and... A couple of times, I was like, ha, I, mm, "Sweetie, I love you, but you can't dance like that while you're trying to hold a microphone to your." Like she was a couple of times, she just looked like she was spasming. There was just too much going on, and you just need to hold the microphone to your face or wear a well, headpiece. Like people
1: were saying that she was out of breath, and you know, like,
0: yeah, uh, it was too much. And um, yeah, if you're gonna do that in front of that crowd, well, it really should be flawless. Um, the, and it's a shame. Because it's no great crime. She just had a lot of fun with something, and she and she thought she was, you know, right. honoring people. But it turned into this thing that embarrassed her. And I, I truly, I don't love the moment. I don't love the number. But I truly feel bad for her. She is just this sparkling entertainer. She's extremely talented. Yeah. And, who and doesn't deserve this kind I of? I honestly
1: push. think she 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 thought she was, uh, you know honoring all these women uh it, it, I, she thought that course oh, she, she well, thought it was it was a great She moment. certainly wasn't insulting no no but my point is she had a good idea but it just didn't it wasn't executed well i think right um and it was just like, in some of the lines, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis is, is, is all of us. I mean, like, what? Huh? Right. And people I like. S- I get the Angela
0: Bassett did the thing. I actually get that. I thought uh, that
1: was awesome. Yeah. Right?
0: But then she led into Viola Davis, my woman king. And again, that's not wrong. But you put those lyrics together. And it's like, honey, that's maybe rethink that. Rethink <laughs> that construction. Um,
1: but it was hilarious. People on social media. And she went, didn't mean it to be hilarious. Well, and now her thing. feelings
0: are hurt. And that's a shame.
1: It is, because I'm sure she worked very hard on it, but, you know, it just didn't work. Like, the producer of The Baptist
0: came out and made a statement about how it was unfair to... It became a thing, and I do. I feel bad for her, and she'll get over it. I'm sure she'll get over it,
1: but... And I think, you know, people pick certain parts of it, um... And, you know, and run with it and so on, on social media. So I think that that, that that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Because you, if you watch the whole thing, they did applaud and they, they you know, they were happy right. for her towards the end. But that's not what you see on social media. You see her, you know, right. r- running all over the stage.
0: It's true. All right. Uh, moving on. We, we just announced today that Warner Brothers is um, bringing their Lord of the Rings film franchise back. Um Uh, warner brothers ceo david zaslav who has been doing all sorts of changes at warner's and hbo some of which have been controversial um because he's been canceling all sorts of shows and dropping movies off of HBO off of the streaming service and everything so there's just a lot going on there he's clearly um moving to maximize that warner's as a money-making machine and he announces during an earnings call on thursday night and it was reported by variety and i have a lot of feelings about this because i love tolkien right and i and i think this might even be a more important point to this discussion i love the original trilogy i love the original jackson trilogy as a as a, a filmmaking mm-hmm. uh achievement right. um and what but one of the things i always loved about it is that for a a good portion of its existence it stood alone although then the hobbit films came along but even then it felt like well let's tie this end off if you're you know fine i really didn't think they were going to go back to it Mm -hmm. um and uh this is separate from the um from the deal with Amazon who is able to do the Rings of Power, which is an interpretation of Tolkien using a lot of his base stuff, but they're going off in directions. They're creating new characters. They're using most of Tolkien's characters, and and the, they're trying very hard not to um, um, violate his history as he laid it down, although they've compressed it tremendously. But this sounds different. It sounds like... Um, Peter Jackson came out with a statement and said yeah Fran Fran well, yeah, Walsh course. and Philip yeah, Boyens and I the three of the three who were uh, you know responsible for the trilogy we're uh, involved we're listening to them we're having conversations so it it really really sounds like they they are going back mm-hmm. back literally to the world that he create that Peter Jackson created which would mean like I don't know, if Liv Tyler back as our... or or you know what I mean like that's what they're making it sound like like that and technically you could you could it's only been twenty years since the films ended and um everyone who was still alive at the end of that trilogy like who hadn't gone off to the you right know, to the west right, right 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 is still alive twenty years later Tolkien was very clear about what happened to all of the characters this is what it's in all the appendices about and he right. wrote fairly extensive they didn't go on necessarily adventures although they went out on raids and stuff like that um but they all had extensive lives like the the hobbits all became very prominent in in the shire in various roles and and um uh, like gimli created a, another dwarf kingdom in the glittering caves and that sort of thing so there's there is some stuff there it's not that you couldn't but i'm like do you re-? i don't know i i I think there would be tremendous sentimentality in seeing like the remaining hobbits in their middle age in hobbit make, it make up shooting scenes again. Right. On the other hand, I don't know that I really want that.
1: I don't know. Sometimes I think you just let let things go, you know, you enjoy them and then they're that, right. it's over and you watch it like we do. We watch it every once a year uh, during uh, Christmas the, the whole during thing. Holidays, uh, Christmas. We watch the whole thing. Um, and then you enjoy it, and we always make the same comment: "Wow, we still love this. It's still it's still great." Right, blah blah. blah. And then you move on I'm, to something else. Right. I mean, I I don't understand what else they they can explore. I mean, Amazon kind of did a good job um but even so it, it feels like us
0: it feels it, a little off i it, it feels like a stretch it. a little bit every now and then. it does uh,
1: i enjoy it because it's beautiful and they they spent billions of dollars uh you know right producing it and it looks like it um and it's respectful
0: right of tolkien so i do enjoy the rings of power even though i know it's not it's really not perfect um
1: It just feels like someone taking over a company and and bringing all these old things to make more money, you know. The thing
0: about the announcement is that he, the word franchise was used quite a bit. Like, it's not, oh, we're going to make another film. It's like, no, we're going to explore this like a Marvel property. Like a Marvel Well, that's what every studio wants. Every studio was looking for their Marvel universe where they can just launch 30 films over 15 years and all of them make a billion dollars. Um, and
1: great independent films, just you know, oh, that's a go separate discussion. To and I,
0: I honestly think part of that is uh, whatever we can have that at another time. Independent films still exist; they're not being um, I know, but wiped out.
1: They, I, I understand that, but they don't get the recognition or the uh, they're not promoted or, or the same way, which is which is a shame. Anyway,
0: anyway, back to Lord of the Rings. What do you feel? Do you are you? Let's say, let's say. Mm-hmm. We are back in the Shire, and it's Billy Boyd, and it's Dominic Monaghan, and it's Sean Astin, and they're all 50 years old, Mm -hmm. playing the same characters. And what if we get Vigo back as aging, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Aragorn, and Liv, because Liv Tyler, she could totally play Arwen at the same age, and she wouldn't look any older. So,
1: for real, honestly. I'd be bored. I would, too. I mean, it, I wouldn't be interested. I would watch it because I'm curious for sentimental reasons. Yes, and because I'm curious, I want to see what what they're going to do. But um, no, I, I don't. I would probably turn it off after two or three episodes. I mean, and... we brought um, Orlando Bloom back as Legolas <laughs> for the uh,
0: Hobbit movies, and it, it, diminishing returns with each appearance. Right? Like he wasn't. It wasn't great seeing him again by the, the third Hobbit film. It was mm-hmm. actually kind of boring, and his makeup looked weird, and it, it just. Yeah, I have. A, I'm so afraid they're going to taint people's memories of that original trilogy if right. they try and revisit that well, with those actors.
1: That's the thing that money doesn't doesn't want to see is that the success of, cer- of certain projects and and certain um, you know artwork uh, it it's tied up sometimes with with the time <clears throat> with the time with what happened at the time, how you felt at the time, how how people were feeling at the time. And you know you enjoy something because it's tied up to a lot of other things, socially, politically, and everything. And then, and then when you, and then you love it, you appreciate it, and then you move on to something else. Right. I don't understand. I understand why they do it. It's money. It's always money. Nothing else. Uh, this idea. To bring something back, and I understand why Peter Jackson uh wants to. It's the biggest success of his career. Yeah, I mean, Come let's the face on. it. What else has he done that? Has that's not bi- true. I mean, that's not a- true. as big as as the Lord of the Rings. Nothing. Well, no one's gonna have a success bigger than that. Yeah. So of course they want it back, um, and for I, for many reasons, I'm sure. Listen, I
0: if Peter Jackson and Philippa Boyens and Fran Walsh. Um, if it was announced that they were jumping on board for the second season of The Rings of Power, I would be excited about that. Right. Because, first off, they've all proven themselves, they as are, far as I'm good. concerned. I'm like, they they know how to uh, do Tolkien for the screen. Some may disagree. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people who still don't like the changes they made to the story, and I understand that. But I think... They have proven themselves as people who, of course, you could turn around and say that The Hobbit movies ruined their reputation. But one thing I have to insert here about The Hobbit movies is that they made nearly as much money as the right, original trilogy. Right, right. Like We can talk about how they were a creative f- failure, which they were, but they, they made Warners or New Line a shit ton of money, just like right. the original trilogy did. So their record is proven. And I would love to see them on a show like Rings of Power, which is, let's face it, struggling to figure out a story in between right. all the cracks. It, these people could do that. What I am not interested in is seeing these three people go back to right. the the same story with the same characters. It's I could be overreacting or misreading this, but it sounds, if you read between the lines, it sounds like... They don't want to go and do like the freaking Silmarillion. They want like the Marvel Universe. They want to return actors, you know, for mm-hmm. sentimental reasons. They want you to see, you know, Sean Astin and Billy Boyd and whatever, whoever else. I mean, obviously, uh, Gandalf couldn't be in it. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Kate Blanchett couldn't be in it. But anybody who was still standing at the end of the trilogy, and there were a lot of them, Legolas and Gimli right. and Aragorn and the Rohirrim and all that. Um, that all of that could... And all those actors are still working, so they could do
1: it. And the thing but is, like, they're don't not want just making one more movie. No, it, they
0: would make a frick th- ton of movies. Yeah, yeah, they would make at
1: least five more. So uh, that's my point. It's like, what? No, I don't think there's more to tell.
0: And of course, um a lot of... um I think my objection comes down to the differences in filmmaking between now and... Oh, and the, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. and this was evident with The Hobbit's uh, trilogy, where Peter Jackson and his crew just went all in on making everything digital. Um, and don't get me wrong, the original trilogy, an astonishing amount of that film was digital. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably the majority of it was. But... They did use a lot of practical stuff. They built practical sets and everything like that. They built armor, and you could see that on right, screen. Right. And then you get to The Hobbit, and it looks it's like a video gone. game.
1: Yeah. Yes, because what they that's, that's one of the things every time we watch every year, and we always talk about this, is how they pretty much invented a lot of that stuff you know a lot of that stuff was created for the show for the movie um it had never been done before and they were like well let's try this and see if it works and 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 it you know and they got all these students intelligent smart people right um dying for a career a job or whatever and they they gave it all to the project so Everyone was great. Everyone was working like crazy. Uh, If you watch the extended versions and and the behind the scenes stuff and all that, it's insane how much they worked. Um, And, you know, that's why you have this incredible project, this incredible history. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing that they did. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. Times are different. It's going to look completely different. I mean, look at the... uh, Filmmaking
0: is different. I just don't have a lot of... A lot of... Fate that this is going to make me happy however i reserve the right to get all teary-eyed if i see the middle-aged hobbits in makeup right, again right. like there's uh, there's no denying that there would be a sentimentality factor right you know a return to to the shire and everything and like i said there are stories in the appendices that all of them all of them uh, um um sam and mary and pippin all ha- they do things after right, this right. and they're not small things and legolas and gimli and aragorn all do things they're not it's not on that's the thing that's the other thing though it's no whatever's left that hasn't been adapted is nowhere near as epic as the war of
1: the ring right no wars no um, big wars <clears> or- that we know of yeah
0: um the rings of power is taking the only other really epic storyline left to them. I mean, I guess you could do, I don't see how you do the Silmarillion. Most of the Silmarillion. I don't see how you adapt that on screen because it's all tied up in these like cosmic creation myths. And I just think it would get way too trippy on screen, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm not an expert on Tolkien and it's very early days, but, I have to admit, as someone who loved the original trilogy and mm. and really respected Philippa Fran and um, Peter, I'm just not this doesn't fill me with excitement that they're all coming back. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, poker Face.
1: Yes, yeah, Poker Face. My God. Great show. Excited about it in the beginning. This is all in the beginning. Uh, Love Natasha. Uh, What's her last name? I'm sorry. Uh, Leon. Yes, Natasha Leon. Love her. I think she's extremely talented. Um, It was a great idea. Uh, love the first episodes, but now I don't know. I watch, I still watch them. We, you know, we always every say, Thursday.
0: We're like, all right, let's, let's sit watch down. It. And it's funny because we watch it together and we don't watch a lot of TV. Together. No, we do. So it has become our appointment TV.
1: And I still like it, but it, it doesn't excite me the way some of the first episodes did.
0: Um, You know, what, what we're going to talk about here, what our, our problems with the show are exactly why people love the show. Mm hmm. Uh, so I'm aware of that. These aren't criticisms of the show. It's just that this stuff isn't hitting for me as well as it could. I agree. Natasha is so ridiculously charismatic and so easy to watch. Um, Every episode is a joy just to watch hers, and um, she has tremendous rapport with her co-stars, and the show has a tremendous roster of co-stars every single week. It's all notable character actors. Um, But here's my thing. It's sort of the same thing, if you recall, uh, when Netflix brought back um, One Day at a Time, and they rebooted it, and it was with a um, Cuban-American family. Right. Uh, But everything else about the show was a typical three-camera sitcom with a laugh track, which has largely fallen out of favor uh, in, in recent years. And all the critics loved this show and they kept talking about this show and you have to save this show because the ratings weren't so great at the time and obviously they, only, I think it only lasted three seasons. And every time I tried to watch it, I was like, yeah, I get what they're doing. They're doing a classic three-camera sitcom, but I grew. I watched so much of this back in the day that I. It will never look fresh to me again. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be under a certain age to be t- excited by that sort of thing, and Poker Face, slightly similarly, is doing a full on pastiche of an eighties, um, you know, pr- procedural drama. Right. Uh, like Magnum P.I. or something, or Columbo, or any of those shows. And the, the font looks the same, the music looks the same, right. the setup is the same, and the types of characters she meets are always ex-hippies in a nursing home, or race car drivers, or actors who are, have, are trying to kill each other, or special. Op- Everyone is, is really colorful and really interesting, and every week she gets herself caught up in the most unlikely of situations. None of this is a criticism that is the point of the show. But I like I did agree with you. We just watched the one this week with Nick Nolte who I mean it's very poignant watching Nick Nolte on screen and I really did think his scenes with her were were kind of amazing. But the whole episode was so gimmicky mm-hmm. that it felt like it was yeah. straight out of 1989 yeah. and I'm like yeah, well the thing is that's great if people are enjoying this but I watched tv in 1989 i had to watch a million shows that did similar things as this so to pretend
1: that this is fresh right yeah go ahead i what changed to me is that it went from me enjoying the stories and and uh to now i just watch actors like great actors uh perform that, that's yeah, kind of like like it fused now to me. Like, oh my God, this incredible person performing like let Nick me Nolte watch. or Cherry yeah, let Jones. let me watch Nick Nolte now. Right. Oh my God, he's incredible. So I kind of, it kind I lose the whole thing. You know, it, it, I I'm not focused anymore on the story. But can
0: I add something to that? The uh-huh. show casts all these great actors and puts them in a 1980s procedural, which means. They have to do fairly campy acting. Yeah. I remember yeah. like Ellen Barkin, that episode where she was, I was I just thought she was bad in that. And I know Ellen Barkin's a good actress, but I also know her choices in that episode were deliberate. She was playing the character really broadly. Right. right. Because that's what the script, the direction, the pastiche requires of her. Again, I cannot call this a criticism because all of it's extremely deliberate. Either it lands for you or it mm-hmm. doesn't. I am enjoying every episode because of her, because and even the gimmick of every episode is fun to watch it right. unfold. But I'm at, not as enamored as I was in the beginning. No, and I'm I the same here. Yeah, and I really think when you go back to the first episode and maybe the second episode, it didn't feel like so much of a pastiche of the '80s. It felt modern. Um, with, with
1: a hint of it, with, with a hint of like
0: you're uh, yeah. watching Magnum PI or something. Yeah. But now she is it's doing full a full blown yeah. Columbo impersonation, and the episodes are like something out of I don't know the Equalizer or something. It's it's fine, but I I think the last for me the last great episode was the one with Judith Light and Essie Pathamarkison where they were the ex-hippies in the nursing house i actually really love maybe maybe because their performances were so great
1: right i think so i still love the the vegas one i think that that's the first one one, yeah i also love the one with hong Chao, of course but
0: you know like when she gets to the race car drivers and the actor the movie stars and i'm like all right this is getting she's supposed to be on the run and i know Doing these very like showy things, and listen, I'm not like a lot of people are like, isn't it weird that every week someone she knows dies? That doesn't bother me at all. That I mean, no, that murder she wrote. uh,
1: Yeah, I know exactly.
0: Hundreds of people died on her watch. It's a show, so I don't mind the um the hook for the show. I really don't. It's just that sometimes it lands for me, and sometimes I'm like, this is. This is so much prestige that it it's starting to feel like a parody of it rather than just an homage. If that makes any freaking sense, It made right. sense in my head.
1: I'm still watching it, but of course, but it's it, it. I don't have the same excitement. I agree that, that I had uh, watching the first, second, third, maybe.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, she's amazing. I, I love how it's being cast, um, but I do think it's it's getting very gimmicky very quick and it's it's a little disappointing that a show like this is getting gimmicky halfway through its first season so that's all i we expect a lot of vigorous disagreement on this oh yeah
1: yeah yeah of course but
0: seems like everybody loves this show and i will say i like this show i probably will never not like this show because ryan johnson is the producer is amazing natasha leone is always amazing she is also amazing yeah i'll just never hate the show but um i just wish it wasn't quite as gimmicky as it is right she's, now
1: she's incredible and she has such a funny way to deliver her lines she I does mean, like it's sort of like you yeah i mean it, It comes so natural. Yeah. Uh, um,
0: Even though it's, that that's kind of the amazing thing about her is that she comes off like such a natural, but her, her acting is very affected. There's a lot of twitching and, and verbal tics and and that sort of thing that she relies on, but she's charismatic and smooth and it never feels like she's falling back on, you know, a persona. So she's very fresh. I like the show. I just, like I said, wish it wasn't gimmicky. All right. Moving on. Mm Mm-hmm. We uh, do you want to talk about the red carpet I guess we are if I opened it up.
1: Yes, now we do. <laughs> All right. It's not a big Now we, thing, we. but we were
0: Okay, so this week uh we've posted a couple pieces about Jonathan Majors who is um this rising hot young actor who was in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum mania and also in Creed 3 and he made a big splash a couple years back in Lovecraft Country. And um his His red carpet, his public style, as his star has risen, as we have noted, has gotten increasingly quirky and sort of pretentious and affected, where he's adopted this sort of hobo style, where he's wearing goofy hats and goofy shoes and pants that don't fit. And he'll go out onto a red carpet, having, as far as I know, used a stylist, and he won't have collar points in his collar, so his collar's all curling up and his tie is undone. And none of these are mistakes, um, these are all affectations. and be-
1: Yeah, th- these are all things that her- his stylists are horrified. <laughs> I
0: agree. Uh, and then I, this, and then he carries around this little coffee mug and, and he, he carries it out in public in the street. And I think he's taking it on red carpets. I know he's taking it on talk shows. And it's all about this advice his mother gave him about filling up his own cup or something like that. Every- everything about it just smacks of pretension. But I'm not singling him out. Um, Because what really, I came to Lorenzo this morning because I I said, I think we should talk about this. And I specifically brought up Alexander Skarsgård at the Berlin Film Festival. Because we had pictures of, uh, we featured Mia Goth. Um, They're both in Infinity Pool together. But he was at both of the events that we featured for Mia Goth. But we didn't feature him. Mainly because his outfit wasn't interesting. Mia Goth is a rising star, whatever. She has an interesting look. But, um, it's, and I do want to point this out that this is not why we didn't feature him. Um, We didn't feature him because his outfit was boring. But in some of the pictures for um, this, promoting this film, there's one event where he just lays down on the floor Mm -hmm. while the whole cast is there. Um, He did an event a couple weeks ago where he was posing with a dog collar on or he does all these goofy faces or or carrying on on the red carpet. Um, He's, Kind of famous for this. He one time appeared at a black tie event in a tuxedo with no pants. He's done this sort of thing before. But when I was looking at the pictures this morning, I was like, you know, you're six foot four, blonde and blue eyed. You're like this Viking god. And I think there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with being able to act that way while all of your cast and co workers are not. And it made me think of Jonathan Majors and it made me think of Alexander Skarsgård. And I'm not really calling these dudes out. I think I the longer we write about the red carpet, the more I understand and respect actors who really aren't into it. I get that. It's about your art. It's about your work. And this sort of promotional fashion show bullshit, It's I, I completely respect that. However, um, you got to show up. It's kind of in the contract, number right. one. And being sort of flouting it or being like disrespectful towards it. Listen, I'm not offended by it. It doesn't matter to me, but I just feel like you're missing the point of it. Um, if you want to be an actor or a TV store or so, if you just want to do theater, go and do theater, you know, and, and work on your craft. But if you're doing anything that's getting shot and filmed and promoted, and if there's big budgets behind it, you have to do publicity. Even right. someone like Harrison Ford, who, famously fucking loads it will still swallow mm-hmm. shit and go and do interviews he's still doing it in his 80s because he knows that's part Listen, of the job it, it,
1: it's not an easy job and I'll, I'll i'll tell you my experience when we did a couple of uh reality tv shows and then we did a little bit of red carpet and they took our pictures and so we we kind of experienced being on the red carpet for a little bit and it's overwhelming. Yeah, I don't want to do it. It's overwhelming. You have like a hundred photographers and flashes and all that. It's just overwhelming. And over here, over here, over here. It's it's absolutely horrifying. And and, and it's dehumanizing. And it yeah, makes you feel like meat. You're I get you're it. You're a piece of meat, and and you're there, and turned this way, that way, that way, and they're you know looking at you, and then and then you have your your publicist or whoever, like, you know, only pushing you <clears throat> to the next and the next and the next and the next person. You can't even finish a right. sentence. Then you have to move on to the next person. And most of the time, that's why sometimes you have these moments uh, when they hug and everything, it's not like all these actors came in the same <laughs> car. Right, right, you right. You know, they're they're like in different hotels or whatever and they meet there and they some of them haven't seen the, each other for a long time right you know? right right um so that's why they hug and like oh my god hi how are you and then they pose for pictures It's it's a lot of work it 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 requires a lot of view and uh, another experience that we have is that when we especially when we promoted the first book because you know the second one had, we had the fucking pandemic but the first book we were interviewed many many times and and it's the same question this is the same thing my point is that it, it this is this is what they do they they shoot a movie and then they kind of forget about it and all of a sudden they have to sort and of have like to talk
0: about it 24 7 and put on pretty clothes yeah and, and it's smile the same question and never and it's, be annoyed and
1: and never be annoyed because if they if they get annoyed or, or whatever that's going to be the topic the next day right um so it is it is it is yeah it's overwhelming and stressful and all that i get it but you also make millions no it- putting that as
0: i don't think jonathan majors is making millions yet putting that aside it's the level of work that you're the level of yeah the level of work and i don't mean the level in quality i mean the level in terms of finances you're doing things like a marvel movie jonathan majors well guess what millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars was poured into that movie And your million dollar castmates, all of whom are huge superstars, are going to be out there on the red carpet promoting the shit out of this movie and doing their best to look good and professional while they do it. When you show up with your little cup and your goofy hat and your hobo shoes... Okay, great. You're an artist. You're still in a Marvel movie. like, And it's still costing millions of dollars. Like, uh-huh. suck it up. And I, I, we said it when we wrote about him. And we've said this before about Lena Dunham, just so we're not singling out men. Um, because we talked about this with Lena Dunham before where, and there's a huge difference between the way Lena Dunham used to do the red carpet and the way someone like Kristen Stewart does the red carpet, where Kristen Stewart, she doesn't do red carpet, but she'll do public appearances like the one she did this week in, like, ripped jeans and a T-shirt and sneakers. But... That's cool. That's an expression of her. She actually looks great in those things. And she's usually, Kristen Stewart, venue-appropriate. Like, she she was doing a, a campus talk thing in these... in these Lena Dunham would show up at things like the freaking Met Gala or the Emmys right. in these outfits that were designed to be outrageously awful on her. And she was inviting all kinds of criticism because she knew the criticism would wind up focusing on her body because people are bad about that sort of thing. And it was just this... This endless cycle of her flaunting or or flouting, I guess, a red carpet, let's say, etiquette, and then trying to use that as, as as if she was making some sort of... And it's the same thing, I would say to Jonathan Majors. Just show up in, you know, your favorite sweater and a pair of jeans. Right. You know, that's kind of unassailable. Unless unless the dress code is formal, Just just show up in something that doesn't look like clown clothes. If your statement is you're too good for high fashion modeling, you know do that i actually do respect that it's when you show up in these clown outfits or like with alexander Skarsgård, where you're like i'm i'm just gonna act like a total dork ass on in front of every camera well part of the reason you can get away with that is because you look like you do
1: right you know what i mean um and And it's also taking advantage of, of the fact that you're a celebrity because when i agree if you really think about it all these people are doing their jobs around you that's my point there's you know.
0: a lot of people
1: doing work yeah. here not just you they're all doing the job and you're acting like an asshole stylists
0: and fashion yes. people and Everybody. publicists and Everybody. producers yes. everybody's doing a job to produce a product and promote that product you're on that team and when you start acting like you're above it all just no i'm sorry i'm,
1: I'm laughing because I, i'm i the one um who usually get the get all the pictures and <laughs> i didn't know about the cup so i i saw i saw his pictures and i was like fuck every picture he's holding a cup and i don't want that cup i had no idea yeah, the
0: it's cup, his the thing cup. i had no the idea yeah.
1: so i was like fuck it it's gonna be pictures with a cup, and you know people are gonna talk about Listen, cup, i, I no get it
0: I, I think he and i think it's probably more acute that as a black actor who's very serious about his craft he's being very intense about holding on to his ideals and not being turned into a piece of meat and that sort of thing right so i I, I do want to respect that, but I'm also like, yeah, all right. But a lot of this is just so affected and pretentious that I just show up in a black turtleneck and black jeans and then fine. You're an artist. Um, you don't have to do this hobo shtick. The, the the thing, the collar points thing set me off because <laughs> that's just a choice. Like you literally have to re- remove that right. so that your collar will look like shit. And that's just, no, you actually had to work to get to that point.
1: Yeah, it's your it, it's way of saying that you don't care by caring too much about it. Bingo. <laughs> bingo, bingo, bingo.
0: All right. I think we have covered a
1: wide array of topics. So
0: we are giving you much to yell at us yes, for and please. tell us what you disagree. So uh, we would love to hear from you in the comment section on our site. Uh, and we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desk. Until then, love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Bye.